From MinTech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnoff. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Lincoln. Lincoln is a field service engineer at Intel in Hillsborough, Oregon, outside Portland. Lincoln, welcome to Talking Technicians. Thanks, Peter. I'm glad to be here. So, Lincoln, tell me a little bit about yourself. You work at Intel in Hillsborough, Oregon, which is outside Portland. Where do you live and how long have you been there for? I currently live in Beaverton. Uh, I'm actually from the Portland area, so I've lived in and out of Portland and Beaverton pretty much uh, growing up my whole life. So you grew up in the Portland area. Beaverton is a a suburb of Portland, and now uh, you're working in Hillsborough, another suburb of uh, Portland. So tell me about uh, where you work and what your job title is. How would you explain uh, your job title as a field service engineer? Sure, I'd be glad to. So um, I'm a field service engineer. I work on the uh, semiconductor tools that Intel uses that they use to make their uh, Microsoft uh, computer chips. Um, And so day to day, we do routine maintenance and um, deal with any uh, disasters as they might come, put out fires, as you would say. So you're doing some routine maintenance, and then when there are problems cropping up, uh, then you've got to uh, deal with those. Um, So uh, what would you kind of say your day-to-day is at work? When you go in the first thing, what's kind of the first things you do? What do you do in the middle, and then what's at the very end? So uh, first thing of the day is we go and we have typically a scheduled uh, work items, so we will uh, go through whatever PMs that need to be done or uh, modifications that uh, the tool owners are doing with their uh, equipment. And then we execute the plan. So we come up with a plan with the team. If there's any support that we, that's needed, you know, I contact my support team. And uh, we go through our manuals and our blueprints and we come up with safety strategies. And then we get to work throughout the day. We are dealing with uh, high voltage over, you know, 280 volts easy up to 1,000 volts, I believe, is where they're at. Uh, you know, hazardous chemical, caustics, acids. So, you know, uh, real deal uh, business. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, so the beginning of the day, we just kind of uh, lay out our plan. And in the middle, uh, we're just executing it all day until we complete it. And Lincoln, uh, do you work in a shift um, or do you work in a regular nine to five schedule? Ah, I work on a, um, a comp, uh, compact uh, work schedule. So it's uh, three days, one week, and then the next week it's four days. And these are 12 hour shifts. And do you work with a bunch of other technicians um, or also work with technicians, engineers, uh, PhD researchers, and business people as well? Uh, all of the above. Uh, not so much many business people, but we work with hands-on with uh, engineers, uh, people, all, all different types of levels of engineers, PhDs. You know, I, I work right next to my, uh, my left to my left and my right. People have bachelor degrees or 17 years worth of experience. And then above me, I have support teams that have doctorates. Uh, there's a lot of money around uh, the equipment and the tools to make sure that stuff is run. It's like the it's like the pro sports of uh, 
of uh, semiconductors. So, Lincoln, uh, you mentioned that you do some PM and that you work on tools. For folks that don't work in the semiconductor industry, what's PM? And when you say tool, uh, what do you mean? Is that like a hammer? Ah, sure. Yeah, that, that needs a little explaining. Sure. So, uh, just PMs are pre- preventative maintenance. Um, so, and a good example, and, and uh, that goes right into your next question. A tool is what uh, these semiconductor companies call their equipment. So it's really it's a big machine. It's a giant. It's a piece of machinery. They just call it a tool. So it's not like a hammer. It's a, it's a giant. It's like the size of a small garage, and it has a robot. It's in there, and it moves to different modules to do whatever you know. The, the, and there are different varieties of tools. My particular ones that I work on, we work on the clean track. So this, what this tool's job is, is it's cleaning and prepping the wafers and the masks uh, to their next step. It's it's cleaning off some caustic. I think we're, we're, now keep in mind most of this stuff is you know uh, um, um, contained information. So this is you know these are these are secret. These are Intel secrets that they, they don't let let the public know like what their recipes or even their steps are. So you know in, in this business, and this is very common for this field, you won't necessarily know what the tool right before its job was per se so you just kind of isolate on us but that's fine anyway uh so the purpose of this tool is it's a giant robot moving through modules and there are a number of things that go wrong from uh uh, uh error codes to air pressure uh levels going off uh mechanical issues electrical issues um just a million things that could go wrong with this guy so th- that means you work on these uh, large machines, the size of garages or uh, big trucks that are inside a factory uh, that makes uh, microchips. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a really good time. It is. It is. And if you, uh, if the viewers wanted to like to see it, they can just YouTube in um, uh, uh, FAB, the Fabs at Intel in Hillsborough, and you can, they, they give you a good idea of what kind, what these tools look like, what the kind of machinery it does. It's pretty impressive. Lincoln, can you provide a ballpark salary for um, a job like yours in the semiconductor industry? Sure. Uh, um, as a field service engineer, you're uh, right around 65000 a year uh, net. And if you're uh, a technician right before this one, um, probably about like 50, 50 to 55 or so. They range from like, like uh, you know, if you're, uh, I, I came in as a tech. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about that. So. Um, are there opportunities for uh, professional growth? And what did you do before you were a field service engineer? Oh, sure. Heck yeah. So uh, right when I got uh, graduated from PCC, I immediately got a job with LAM, which is the, it's funny, they uh, uh, build the tools that Intel uses, you know, for different customers. Anyway, so I was there and I, that's what I was my first job outside of college with this degree. Was it was the uh, uh, electrical technician job, uh, a testing position where we built these tools and we would you know uh, test them out, see you know make sure the robot does its motions correctly, zero in, um, all the movements that need to happen, make sure everything works for these you know these and these tools are like fifteen million dollars each. It's got to be nice, you know. So this and this is what so that was my immediate job after, and that was at uh, uh, we were making right about twenty seven dollars an hour is what the it was what it, you know I would I would. Uh, I would ask going into that that field, twenty five to twenty seven. You know what I mean? That that's a good uh, asking. Or at least that's what they were offering at the time. And this was last year, and then uh, to be the field service engineer, that was kind of a win for me. You know, I worked, uh, I, I did the the technician job for a year, and I just applied uh, for this position with uh, Tell, whom with now, which is just services Intel. That's how I work at Intel, and um, yeah, the, that that was going for thirty five or so an hour. 
So that's what people can hope, you know, that, that, that was kind of the one that I wanted. And I was able to, you know, the, the other job was actually pretty decent as well. Anyway, so that's what we do now. So uh, Lincoln, for folks that don't work in large semiconductor uh, fabs, which are large semiconductor foundries, uh, you mentioned uh, that some folks uh, will work for another company like Tell, which is Tokyo Electron, but they'll still be working uh, in the Intel factory. Can you explain a little bit about how that works? Absolutely. So um, we are, I mean, again, these, so these tools are very expensive. So what Intel does to, to help these, you know, they don't just buy the uh, expensive product. They have the technicians from the company that sold it to them specifically work on it so that they have somebody that we can work hand in hand with to make sure it runs properly. They have their engineers and we have ours and we come together and we service the tool for them. You know, um, I guess a good way of saying it, yeah, we just, we, they, they want to make an investment and they want to make sure the company, the people that built it, or can can make sure it runs, you know, properly. So it's it's really good collaboration. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, does that mean that Tell Tokyo Electron is the one that writes your paycheck, even though you go in day to day to the correct. Intel factory? Neat, neat. So uh, Lincoln, yep, that's correct. Yep, yep, yep. What did it uh, feel like your first day of work going into Intel? You came from a supplier company, LAM, doing some testing, and then you went into the semiconductor fab, the semiconductor factory. What did it feel like going in there for the first time? Oh, it felt great. Uh, you know, I tell you, uh, I was just it was, it was the position that I wanted, I, and, I, and I got it. So it really it was really great, and it's been great. Um, it's it was similar to it's just just the, like the, my previous job except for with you know you're on your own kind of you have a small team and you're kind of expected to perform you know in front of customers and like if you want to go back to a sports analogy you use game day you know so it's it's so it's a really good uh, feeling and um, it really uh, was really helped prepared by uh, what what I was able to do with PCC and to answer your previous question there's definitely a lot of job opportunities if you want to go left or right or up on these 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 types of uh these these companies and this field you know there's there you have to be interested in the in you know in in the in the work but if you are there's definitely a lot of places you go you know i i have contacts now with intel you know there's fabs more open up all over the country there's plenty of uh, opportunities there so lincoln we've talked a little bit about hourly or yearly wages uh, what about things like benefits, health care, dental care, or retirement? Are those some of the things that technicians in the semiconductor industry uh, get? Absolutely. Um, the the one thing that the barrier to getting all of the those great benefits uh, initially is for a lot of these companies, Intel, LAM, and uh, Tell, all of the three of them I experienced, they, uh, for the most part, they hire on as um contract workers and sometimes these contracts contracts can last one or two years so eventually if you can get hired onto these companies the benefits are there and they are they're sweet they they have bonuses which was something that you know most you know hey they have bonuses uh and school pay for is a really appreciative one and they just because they want to advance their own technicians in their own field so if you have uh the motivation there's a there's a good amount of uh, assistance to go around uh, one of the one of the one of those uh, um, I worked with, they even offered an online just courses that you could take for free, like for spreadsheet classes. You know, it was, it was, it was for but a whole list of things. So they they're they're the benefits package is actually pretty competitive. You know, these are probably one of the fields that there's not really a push for uh, at least in the Northwest 
for unions because there isn't necessarily a need to. They they they, they do a pretty good job of taking care. Well, it's competitive actually. There's a there's a little bit of a shortage um, on the engineering side, not as much on the technician side. So, but if you can get if you can get hired on, the the trick is getting hired on. You know, and and one thing about the semiconductor industry is it kind of has is ebbs and flows. It rises and 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 uh, and shrinks. Uh, kind of like since I've been working in it, I've seen it rise and shrink, and you know it's kind of rising again. So I've been in it for almost three years. So it's, so it can so it can fluctuate. But if you can get through those uh, periods and get hired on, yeah, they have some pretty nice benefits at the end. Thanks, Lincoln. I liked how you described these uh, stepping stones between first being hired on as a contractor, and then potentially after that being hired on uh, as a technician. And then um, there are benefits packages that can go along uh, with being hired over a longer term as a technician. Um, But you could start as that contractor, kind of get your feet wet. So um, how about we kind of shift gears a little bit and uh, talk about how you got to where you are now. You mentioned that you went to uh, PCC. Uh, What's PCC for folks who don't know? And uh, what program and degree did you do? Uh, PCC is Portland Community College. And I went for their kind of just general EET, Electrical Engineering Technician Program. They have uh, more uh, specialized ones like robotics and uh, things of that nature. But I kind of just got more of a general one. And um, it was funny. It was actually all this came from my idea of right before then I was in the Army. I was a chemical specialist. So I'd gotten out of the Army. You know, I kind of didn't really want to necessarily want to continue in that field. And I just decided, you know, gave this one a shot. At. I had tried it previously. I just didn't have the, you know, it didn't work out. This is my second attempt at it. And um, I just I just kind of fell into it. it. It really, it really worked for me. So that's how I got to the idea of getting into that program. And that program, you know, was a green light into the whole industry that I can now, that's, that's probably where I'm going to be at for, you know, that's all I need to be at. About how long did it take to finish that two, um, that EET degree? Well, for me, it was a little bit longer because uh, I had some prereqs that I had to get in. So it was about two and a half years. Uh, it was 10 terms. I went um, summer term included. So I just went, so yeah, so yeah, I tried to get it out as done as quickly as possible. And Lincoln, you mentioned uh, that you came from the military. Uh, what was that transition like going from the military and then enrolling in community college? Well, I tell you, it was great for me. Um, you know, the GI Bill was uh, really, COVID had just happened. Uh, so everything was online. But so it was great for me to just kind of take a step back from a very demanding and fast paced environment to kind of my own schedule. Uh, to just kind of, yeah, make my own schedule around school, keep my expenses low and um, just kind of chill out and be the college kid I never got to be. Uh, so uh, it was great for me. It was, it was perfect. I just, uh, yeah, yeah. My military career ended a little soon. I had ended up breaking my foot and it just, it was, it was, it was like a year long injury and I was like, ah. And so I left with, with that was still kind of, you know, kind of healing. So it, it kind of worked out for me personally. Um, I, had, I had a good transition. Uh, I, I, I recommend it. People wanting to do a transition, if you can take some time and get yourself in a couple of classes, it's a, it's a, it pays off. And you mentioned that you were a chemical specialist in the military. How did some of the things that you learned in the military then help you at community college and in your current role? 100%. So uh, discipline is a great one. You know, it, it can be a little bit corny when you hear it, but you know, it's one thing to want something and it's another thing to get it. Uh, oh, oh, here's an example. Uh, you know, I, I had to rely on my bicycle was the one way to keep my expenses low, you know, so that's kind of, you had some classes, you had to take a lab and I had to get 
you know. And when I started working, I still don't have enough money to save up yet. So that's what I was, and I was still taking courses. So that's what the army did for me. It really just kind of made me, you know, go. I want a dream. I can change my reality. And so that's what that's kind of what that helped me do. Um, and from my current work, being a chemical specialist, I deal with some personal protective equipment. PPE is what I learned from that. I'm the best at it. Uh, that's all we dealt with was contamination, contain. You know, you know, biological. How you know how do you how do you contain it? So when you're dealing with uh, what we deal with now, these 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 sub factories have all the where all the power stations and chemical stations are housed that supply everything above it. And frequently we're down there, you know, changing pumps and changing this stuff. It's like it's very corrosive, but it's no big deal if you if you just are comfortable with you know working safely. And that and that so that I, that's maybe a very safe uh, um, and reliably safe. Not just coworker, but kind of instructor, because now I can help train people in the same way. Yeah, that sounds great that you were able to transfer some of those skills and some of those experiences. And that also gave you both this level of comfort and possibly an ability to talk with other technicians uh, so that they can learn some of the things that uh, you learned. So Lincoln, how did your life change when you became a technician? What's different once you got your job at LAM compared to when you were a student? Oh, man. Well, uh, it's kind of just the realization of a plan coming to fruition. Uh, You know, I was really, I didn't know what to expect when I was in school, I'll admit. You know, there were a couple of different jobs I was applying for. Um, uh, What was it? Blue Origin. Uh, Jeff Bezos' space company. That's one of those I had interviewed for. It was like five levels of interviews. And I like failed the last one. And I was like, ah. So I was really excited about these different companies that I was interviewing for. And uh, I was excited. I could see doors opening for me at, there at the end. Because you're getting these interviews. Maybe I didn't get all of them. But it's really exciting technology. Because it's not just the semiconductor industry that I thought about. There's you know, Blue Origin. There's like, there's, uh, I don't know if you, uh, I didn't know this until I got into this industry. But there's this uh, renewable battery technology company out here in the Northwest. You know, there's a lot of interesting things in here in the Northwest that are, you know, have to do with electronics. Uh, so it was really exciting for me. And so when I finally got the job, I it was really perfect for me. It's it's some people like to do a little more on the coding side, and I don't mind it for sure. But what we do is much more like hardware. So instead, I'm not programming any chips. I'm just replacing the whole module. You know what I mean? Like just uh, yeah, just take the whole computer out and a whole new one. <laughs> um, so I, I really, really, uh, I, I fall for it. And, you know, I've got to mention the, the number one thing that these jobs offer isn't just the pay or the benefits. It's the work-life schedule, that compact schedule. I mean, there's nothing like, I'm just coming, I'm in four days off right now. It's Wednesday. I go back to work Thursday and only work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know? Yeah. That, so that, that's that been, that's been the biggest change. You know, I was a working, I'm getting lazy. I got to do stuff. That's the biggest problem. So Lincoln, so it's a good it, problem to have. it sounds like the Portland Community College program opened a couple of different options for you, um, and that uh, you eventually chose to work in the semiconductor industry. But now it also sounds like after that first job at LAM, that also opened up other options uh, for you afterwards. So what advice would you give current Absolutely. students or people who want to transition careers and work in the semiconductor industry like you do? You know, uh, the, the, the work-life schedule I was mentioning, you know, it's really something to consider. I can't go back to the five-day uh, work week, I tell you, unless it's overtime. Um, besides that, you know, it's once you get past the first year of the EET program, the math is pretty much over. You know, you're just dealing with theories and stuff like that. You know, you know it, it takes some hard work to get there. 
but there's there's some good reward in it, and it's a gosh darn it, it's a budding industry. You know, it's a good working field. And I would say to some people that even if you just want a transition, you know, even if you're doing fine where you're at, but you know, it's just kind of you know not you know um, not, not really grabbing you that much. You know, this is kind of you can, there's plenty of entry level positions that do the same thing, but they don't give you four days off a week. You know, like so if you just want something new, it's just a, it's a really great. It's a, for me, it's a platform of security that I can stand up around and view other opportunities. Those opportunities are still there. Those renewable battery companies I was not, I wanted to get into are still there. My resume is just you know growing. It's a even just working as a technician, working on these uh, um, types of tools in the semiconductor industry specifically, it's very transferable. You know that. Um, it is, it is, but you have to, you have to, you know, still apply yourself. But, but the point is, is that they are respected on a resume is my point from that. So Lincoln, do you have a final call to action for students or people who want to transition their careers? And is the semiconductor industry, at least in the Pacific Northwest growing right now? It is, it is growing right now. It just coming from a slump, but everything, things are starting to open back up. And they're opening up in the Northwest, and they're also going to be opening up nationwide. So if you if you're planning two years out, uh, would might be how long you take you to get to your degree. It's definitely going to be, but it's definitely going to be coming up. I would put I would, I would bet money on it. Um, do it, Cardinal Action. You know, if you if, if you're feeling it, uh, at least check it out. Uh, electronics, you know, it's it's super. It's it's super fun. I was uh, you know I used to think it was magic, and now I'm convinced it's magic. <laughs> Well, Lincoln, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and talking about your work as a technician in the semiconductor industry. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Please keep in touch. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nano Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.